No one ever saw this coming, but here we are, bonded forever by the same ex-husband. Once arch enemies and now partners in crime, we journey to the edge of sanity to uncover the dark truth about our ex-husband. My name is Athena. And I'm Amber. And we are the creators of Ex-Wives Undercover. This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory and also backed by court records and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. And now, what you've all been waiting for. Episode 32, Ms. Norway. My heart was beating out of my chest when Ben dropped me off at our perfectly undisturbed home in Hillsborough. Nothing had been touched. No robbery happened. It was just another bullshit story that Ben had used to deflect so he could get his way. Little did he know that this time I was done. Like, for good. I didn't even need to consult with my online journal to see all the red sad faces. I had tried so many times in the past to leave, but this time it was over and I wasn't about to look back. Do you remember the friend I went to visit in Seattle five years prior and the same weekend I met Ben on Tinder? Well, she also happened to meet her husband that very same weekend and we reminisced recently about the whole situation and the events that transpired. Check it out. Let's talk about Tinder, because what okay, the fuck? Had, what the fuck was that? Say, I had to crack up when you said you thought it was a networking app. Oh my god! Because I, well, as you know, because you had to show me how to use it. Like I never used it, but I never thought it was a networking. App. Wait, so did you actually download it on your phone? No, I never downloaded it. But I always had heard, like I thought of Tinder as like a hookup app, like people yeah. not like at the, it was one of the first dating dating apps but it seemed like everybody kind of joked that it was more about just like hooking up than like dating i learned that very yeah. quickly actually yeah. because i so when i showed you the app i didn't actually even look at the app I, I had never even seen it until i opened it up that day i downloaded it at the wedding but then i never used it and so when she told me it was a networking I just assumed that's what it was until when I was opening and I was like scrolling through going, holy shit, this feels like a dating situation. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I, I learned pretty quickly it was a hookup at The same weekend that I met Ben, you met your future husband at, was it the Triangle Bar? <laughs> no, we met at Sluggers. The Sluggers. <laughs> so romantic. Well, and I don't know if you remember, but he came over to talk to us when we were signing out <clears throat> and he was trying to introduce you to his friend that was with him and I was convinced the whole night because every time I went out with you Amber you got hit on by like at least three people and so I was convinced the whole time that he was they were all interested in you oh, no. and then it wasn't until <laughs> we were leaving the triangle and we were going to the karaoke place where he put you in the cab with his two friends and then he and I went in a separate cab that was it wasn't until then that I like realized oh he's 
interested in me. (laughs) Man, in a way, I remember thinking, Care, we both met our husbands on the same week it went after Ben proposed. And I was like, this is so cool because you ended up marrying Eric too. And I was like, oh my God, it's so exciting. And I was the real loser of all that weekend. Like I did not, I picked the short straw somewhere along the line. But I feel feel somewhat um, responsible for you you showing me Tinder. And had I already known about it, you wouldn't have had to show me. And then you um, would never have matched. And, you know, it's not your fault. I was, you know. I just I was like, let's do it. Silver lining is, you know, that you met Athena and now you have the podcast and all the stuff has come from that. Yeah. But it, was kind of a, it was a rough road to get to that point. Yeah. That's for sure. I just, I don't know. Just the totality of all of the stuff I think was just, is just kind of mind blowing. So the I one, remember, oh, go ahead. Like, oh, well, just that it's like, how was he? juggling all this stuff and like how I I mean the whole hit and run situation with Sydney in the car and like run like I don't know just all of it I'm it's so just kind of mind-blowing I guess Mm -hmm. that it it just seems so I think I was telling you it's just like it's so much and so far-fetched that you're just like this feels like a TV movie. Like it just, it seems so unreal that all of this happened and that he could juggle all of this. And, um, just that I didn't, I mean, I wasn't looking for it or anything, but just kind of, it's scary. I feel like you dodged a bullet, so to speak. I just, I don't know how you trust again after that. Like, it seems like that would be really, really hard to come back to from back from it's really easy to be on the outside and tell someone else advice but it's not like how many good advice but don't follow our own oh my gosh I can't even tell you how many friends I won't name names but there's a lot of them that have not not you by the way but other ones (laughs) that were like I knew he was a fraud I knew he was a bad guy from the beginning I would have left him but then they stay in these horrible relationships where they've been cheated on they're not treated well (laughs) they're this they're that and I'm like wait, why are you still in a relationship then? Like, you know, because in their mind, their guys, even though they're horrible too, they're not as bad as Ben. So it almost makes them feel better about the relationship, even though it's not good. Everyone thinks they're the exception, right? Like that, even though all the red signs are there, they're like, my relationship is the exception. Like Mm -hmm. we're not like you or like other people. And the fact is, every relationship has issues, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but it's just very, another level. <laughs> this is another level for sure. But it's just, I don't know. I think everyone has their threshold of what they will and won't tolerate, too. And it's so easy just to jump in and be like, I wouldn't do that. And I wouldn't do this or whatever. But But then they will tolerate x y and z so even if they would have been right. like you don't have cancer and i don't buy your bullshit and that's a fake legal document they they will allow something else you know what i well, mean you never it's like you never really know how you're going to react in a situation until you're in the situation right 
And like we were talking about earlier, right? Like you were operating with limited information. You were operating with only information like he had told you. And now it's easy to look back because you have the whole picture. You know all the information. But at the time, you don't have that information. So you're trying to make decisions based on what you do know and what your reality is at the time. As expected, the very next day, Ben sent me a text that implied that we were just cooling off and that things weren't over between us. He went on to say, I've always wanted you and been in love with you. I just wanted to be near Sydney as well. So, I've been struggling with that. I always want you with me and vice versa. We can officially say, folks, she actually is done. She never goes back to him. No, no. Yay! There was not one Ever. piece of me that even had mm-hmm. a shred of feelings. I just knew I did everything I could. No one everything. could ever tell me differently Never. that I didn't put enough effort into that marriage. I tried my best to get that man help. But At then he, of point, course, is still um, such a narcissist that oh, he yes. messages you. Oh, the next day. You were pissed. And you went through a few a few episodes where... You had to, um, you had to grieve other things, but yeah, I could tell it was different. You, you were not sad or like personally hurt. You were almost relieved. I was relieved. That's when I knew. It was like the torture had to end. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I love it. After decompressing for a day, I woke up that Monday and was on a mission. First, send a letter to my divorce lawyer. It's time to file. I'm ready. I won't be changing my mind this time. If you can send over the paperwork for approval, we'll get the ball rolling. Second, post that I'm officially single for the whole entire world to see on social media. Go ahead and have a heart attack, Ben. Your sad story will only fall on deaf ears this time. And of course, once he was alerted to what I did, he refused to pay our rent. Go figure. And third, fill Avery in on some of the key details that she probably was in the dark about. Now, don't forget, at this point, I'm completely in the dark about any conversations that are happening between Athena, Ben, and Avery regarding them getting back together. So with that said, my email read as follows. I'm assuming you're in contact with Ben as his behavior has been very shady as of late. As you know, he has told both me, his family, Sydney, and his ex-wife Athena that he is moving to Portland and working on our marriage. He has continued to lie and manipulate as usual. It was apparent this weekend when he faked that our house in Portland was robbed. I know he's probably wanting to keep you on the back burner just in case he decides not to move. And you need to know that you're a second choice. Just so you know, I went to the psychiatrist with him and he was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and PTSD. As of right now, he has a restraining order on him and he is not able to see his daughter for all the things he's done. He will be required to do intensive therapy for 6 to 12 months and will only be able to see her under supervision. I thought you should know what you're getting into. Along with the email were several attachments of the photos Ben posted on his social media only a couple weeks back with his profession of love for me. 
clearly my delivery sucked and the bitchy undertone was totally evident in my writing. It's no wonder she never responded to me. Because I changed my mind twice. I paused it twice. I'm like, go, wait, stop, go, wait, stop. Um, and then I, then I, the second time I was like, well, you know, I swear seeking- for real this time. I swear. Yeah. So I think they thought I was full shit, but I, I was like, no, this time, this time. At least they had to retain her, so they have to do it anyway. So we're checking what? shit off her to do list. Oh my gosh. Check, yes. check, 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 check. Yes. So okay. then I emailed Avery. It wasn't the nicest email. Like I'm reading it back going, eh, a little bitchy, a little bitchy. Could have done better, but didn't care. Remember I told you didn't that care. back then? I said, didn't if care. you are to respond, you got to be a little bit more, you got to be a little bit nicer. And you were like, but I mean, how could I blame you? I wouldn't have been able to. Yeah. Either. I think it, I no think way. It was, <laughs> I think it was okay until the point where I was like, you should know your second best or second choice. Oh no. Oh. Yeah. Not very good. Not very good. Yeah. <laughs> that was not very good. Felt. That was definitely like sticking the jab in there. This also marked the beginning of me and Athena going undercover to find out the real truth behind Ben's crazy schemes and lies. It was time to revisit the Washington court records. You might remember years back, I actually did a background search on Ben, but all I could find were a bunch of case numbers with no explanation for what they were for. And at the time, Ben was my new boyfriend, and he was telling me that his name was mixed up with other people in the Seattle area, also named Ben Jameson. But this time, we would go over everything with a fine-tooth comb. Nothing would be overlooked because Sydney's welfare was depending on it what are we missing here because this is crazy crazy and I remember us both going okay you start looking under the Washington court system I'm going to kind of do the same and let's put our heads together and see what we can find out when we did that I had no idea um that he in the time frame in those first few years we were dating he had a suspended driver's license he had two or three charges of being a of being pulled over and ticketed and going to court and fighting and battling all this while he was arrested for driving with a suspended license. Was that from DUI too? Yes, because in a DUI, because I used to tease him that he drove like a grandpa because he was the slowest driver. And, and that's why. I, our whole relationship. So when I would hear stories about, you know, you guys driving and how he was like crazy, it was really strange for me to hear that. I'm like, wow, he really is a different person. Well, Little did I know it's because he actually had a legit driver's license with you. So I never knew he went to court. I never knew he didn't have a driver's license. Our whole fucking relationship. (laughs) Okay. So as we said, that marked like the point of us really digging in, finding out a team goes undercover and it's shocking. I couldn't believe my ears as I listened to the craziest story spill out of Amber's mouth. As she started from the beginning, I remember shouting out, Oh my God, your home was robbed? Amber said, No, Ben called the police and reported that it was, but it wasn't. My response once again was absolute confusion. So I kept quiet as she explained everything. I honestly could barely muster up any words to respond back with when she was finished. The lengths that Ben had gone to deceive Amber and get her back to Oregon to avoid her finishing up with the rest of the packing at the Bothelltown house was beyond disturbing. Once again, 
Ben had managed to shock the shit out of me with his evil and conniving ways. Yeah. I'm like, wait, you were robbed? Wait, are you okay? Like, well, wait, where? And you're like, no, like, I really didn't get robbed. He just, but just said I was robbed, but I didn't. And, and I was like, wait, what? I mean, when will we ever say that we're not shocked? But I can't. It all is so fucking shocking, but it's Ben. So how are we always so surprised yeah. by the shit he does? But I couldn't help and it. Not that to mention was the craziest shit. I know. And it just, it, it really fake robbery. <laughs> no, it demonstrates like the thinking that doesn't happen correctly in their brains when there's something the going on. that he'll go. Because a normal through. human being would say, hey, you know what? Let's have an adult conversation. Let's talk about how I'm struggling to, with the idea of yeah. moving. Maybe we could talk that out as a couple. Instead, it's like, we got robbed. Oh my God, we have to go right now. And uh, he creates such normal. chaos. I know. He creates such chaos. Not you know how many times I've told normal. him that? I've said, yeah. why can't you just spit things out? I, even when we were together, I'd say, if you were just honest and told right. me the truth, even if you fucked the neighbor, I would sit down and stay <laughs> just calm. Just tell me. Yeah. Yeah. But when you tell me these really far-fetched, like very far-fetched stories, my mind spins and then I get a little wild and crazy. Like then I'm like, doesn't add up. Doesn't make sense. Now I'm hounding yeah. you. I knew for certain that this was the final straw for Amber. She was actually done with Ben, like done, done. I know that both of us would say we were done in the past, but I could see that her internal light switch had definitely been flipped. It was almost like she could finally see everything exactly for what it was for the very first time. And with her new sense of clarity, I was thrilled she would be able to finally move on and eventually meet an amazing man and have a normal life. I was excited for you now because selfishly like you're keeping city kind of safe and like still being my eyes and ears when they were yeah. together but i wanted way more for you than that i i knew that once you were finally done you still had to go through the healing process and then you had to go yeah. through um the divorce process and before you could meet somebody and you know i was i had found out what great person you really are and i I just was excited for you to leave the life that I used to live. I really had to kind of create that mindset of you deserve so much more. I mean, come on, Amber, five years, really? I mean, at a certain point, you do have to just be strong, but um, yeah, easier said than done, that's for sure. Amber, Sydney, and I continued to talk and text daily. It was hard for Sydney to wrap her head around the fact that Amber and I were actually talking to one another and becoming friends. It took a little bit of time for Sydney to acclimate to our new friendship. I remember how Amber and I would be talking on speakerphone as I was cooking dinner and Sydney would walk into the kitchen. Amber would start talking to her and ask her how her weekend was and I noticed how Sydney would look at me and ask me for permission to tell Amber what we did that weekend. It was so fucked up how Ben had created so much anxiety within her by making her hide so many of his secret rendezvous. Lovingly, Amber and I both reminded her over those next few months that she could talk and share anything with both of us no matter what it was or who it was about. We reminded her that there were no more secrets to hide or sights to take, and that we were all on the same team now. Team Sydney. She started talking about the trip and go, Mom, can I tell her about how Chris helped me learn how to swim? Or Mom, can I? I'm like, yes. She was scared to tell me anything. She it was, was the craziest thing. She would look at you for approval, just like she would look at him for approval. I know. 
And like, I can say, I talk hey, about this? Is that okay? No. It's so sad. Say, you don't have to ask me. Tell her everything. Anything, nothing's off limits. Nothing's a secret here. Like talk, 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 you know? She's like, okay. So it probably took her what? A month or two and then it was like blah 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 hi guys yeah. hi, hi, da, da, da. like and of course cute. ben did not like that he did he not it. like that he, how did he he almost said that we were brainwashing her oh, and we're yeah, like sure. no we're not brainwashing here we're trying to undo what all this did, mofo. crazy stuff that you did to this child she doesn't even know what she can and can't say um she yes has been awful yeah her light has been dimmed for so many years and she's been manipulated that to undo yeah. all that is, it's no joke. Sydney started to open up more and more. She went through many stages of emotions while processing everything she had lived through those past several years. And one afternoon she came into my bedroom and she told me that she needed to tell me something that her father had made her keep a secret from me. Sydney explains that months back, her father was driving home one evening after visiting family in Forks. She tells me that it was raining really hard and her dad was driving way too fast and aggressively. Sydney says that her father hit a car on the road and maybe even two and that their truck spun off the road into a treed area right off the main freeway. I intently listened to Sydney and I saw how nervous she was to tell me all of this. I asked her if she was okay and if she had been hurt. Her eyes welled up with tears and she told me there was more that had happened. Sydney says that as soon as the truck came to a stop, her father began yelling at her to get out of the truck quickly. It was pouring down rain, but he ordered her to climb up this steep embankment right off the freeway and flee the scene of the accident before anyone came and saw what had happened. Ben then forced Sydney to climb over a fence with a hurt and bleeding leg so that he wouldn't get caught. Once again, I could feel the rage boiling inside of me. I fucking hated this man. Tears began streaming down my face as I imagined how terrified my eight-year-old daughter must have been. I held Sydney close and I told her how sorry I was that I would have given anything to turn back time and change everything that she'd been through. She told me it wasn't my fault and that I could have never have known, but the guilt I felt as her mother was excruciating. I asked where they went after jumping the fence and Sydney told me that Overlake Hospital was right there, so they went inside. I told her that I was glad at least that her father had sought out medical attention for her. That's when Sydney told me that he actually refused to have her seen by a doctor and that they just hid out there and waited for an Uber to pick them up so that they could drive back to the townhouse. My head was spinning as I suddenly started to piece together what Sydney had just told me and a story Ben had told me about his truck being stolen just months ago. That motherfucker called me and said that his truck had been stolen from right in front of his townhouse and that the police had found it completely burned up and totaled on the side of the freeway on 405. Ben also asked me not to say anything to Sydney because he didn't want her to feel scared living there at the townhouse knowing that someone had stole his vehicle. I thought it seemed odd back then to make up a lie about it, so I questioned him more, but Ben reminded me how bad Sydney's anxiety issues were already and he didn't want to make it any worse for her. Ben said that it actually just turned out to be a couple of young shithead teens who took the truck for a joyride and had crashed it. Once again, that piece of shit had created an entire fabricated story to cover his own ass. How he does his, like, story his little calculated like story and he just builds it just in case something comes out. Mm -hmm. like, eventually Sydney might tell me that the truck's gone or I might notice the truck's not there, but Hey, Athena. So, uh, 
somebody stole the truck right in front of the townhouse. And I was like, are you sure just oh. to get towed? Because you're not supposed to, like, park there. And he's like, no. Like, somebody stole it. And they these, like, young, like, these teenagers, they took it on Joyride. It's burnt up on the side of 405. They finally found it. I mean, that's another elaborate it's, fucking story. I know. When the truth is, you're road raging, driving like a crazy madman, probably rushing to and from to make sure you could follow through with one of your girlfriend's time frames or your or whatever it could have been. After telling me that secret must have felt like a release for her because soon after that, every few days, she would come and tell me something new that she was made to keep a secret from me. She went on to tell me about another woman who her father had brought her around. She said that she was the one who had done her hair beautifully in the pictures that she had sent me multiple months prior. She tried to explain how Lexis and this other woman's daughter actually knew each other as well. I was completely lost and I couldn't remember Lexi's connection to this woman's daughter for the life of me. Sydney unfortunately could not remember this woman's name, so she tried to describe her the best that she could. She told me she was pretty and she was blonde and she even let her play with her Seattle Seahawks cheerleader pom-poms when they were over at her house. Amber, Lexis, and I, we racked our brains trying to figure out who this was, but we turned up nothing. I watched her be so mad at me when I took her out of his care. I, I, I told her it was temporary, but she would say stuff like, my dad needs me. How is he yeah. going to make, he needs me to help him make good decisions. And, and it broke my heart. So then it was sad. Then it was angry. Um, and then it was acting out. Then after the counseling and the time going by, she was really starting to see things for how normal people should. Deep down, I really do believe that she knew what was right, what was wrong. But when you love your parents so much, of course, and he's a yeah. very influential man, clearly. And so all of a sudden she kind of got on this like kick, remember? about wanting to tell you and I something. Yes. Everything. And I would call you on speaker and be like, okay, go ahead. She's like, well, I remembered this and I remembered that. Oh yeah. And there one time there was this this woman and, and this and that. And so like, she really started opening up. She was yes. like, oh, and I remember one more thing and came back in my room while we were talking. Yes. And she started going through Facebook trying to find the, the lady. Ben sent me that same picture of Sydney's oh, hair in the bow. That. Yeah, me too. Look, Dad, you should get my hair done. And he I'm said like, it was wow. just one of his old friends that. Oh, he. Oh, I thought he just randomly walked into a salon. No, he's like, oh, me. it's it's my friend. I think he might even said her name to me. He just said one of my friends. She was feeling kind I'm of down, I? and I don't feel like you're giving her enough attention, Athena, um, because you pay more attention to your other children. And so I just want to make her feel good about herself because I think her self esteem is low. So I made a hair appointment for her. And I took her and to make mistress. her feel good about herself. <laughs> No, bitch. You take her in to make her feel good about herself. You went in to go see your on and off, on and off again girlfriend who yep. you're trying to win back using your daughter, trying to reverse psychology me and put me down in, in any way you could. I got that damn picture. I got the picture from the mistress's work. <laughs> My stepdaughter. Like how no. it's right. It's like in plain sight, the cheating. Now that I knew what a lying and cheating human her father was, I was on high alert. I began questioning everything. I had no clue who Ben really was or what was even real anymore. Regardless, the conversation regarding this mystery woman sparked a memory of how I had received two very odd Facebook messages at the end of November from two different women. 
I had originally discovered the messages by accident because they had been filtered into a separate inbox because they were sent by someone who just simply wasn't my Facebook friend. I remember disregarding them because I saw that these two women had lived in Europe. I chalked it up to Ben trying to download spyware on my phone again or someone trying to hack my account. I was afraid to click on the message to read it, so I just left the messages unread sitting there in that inbox. As the thoughts swirled around in my head, my curiosity got the best of me and I decided to log back in and take my chances. I clicked on the messages and read them. You have got to be shitting me. Hi, yes, sorry about contacting you back in November, but my friend was dating him back then and I got really worried because he just suddenly disappeared, then said he was in a coma. In the meantime, I figured out through Facebook that he had a child, but he lied and said he didn't have a daughter and he never had been married. So I reached out to you just to confirm my suspicions because I was so worried about who my friend actually was seeing. Me? Yes, we have a nine-year-old daughter and we are divorced now. He has since remarried almost two years ago. Her name is Amber. You are smart to check. He is a pathological liar. And unfortunately, he just got caught having an affair on his wife. Are you Avery's friend? Anne. Oh my God, that's what I thought. Giddy is my friend. She was trying to send this message to you, but she couldn't get through, so I sent it on behalf of her instead, since you replied to me. So he is actually still married? Do you know this girl, Amber? I'm actually the one who dated him in November, so if he is still married, he cheated on her with more than one. Wow. So sorry to bother you about this, but I just really needed answers back in November because I was going crazy and I didn't know what to believe anymore. But it was as I expected. He is a narcissistic, pathological liar. Me? You seriously dodged a bullet, girl. Do you live in Washington State like the rest of us? Anne. Oh my God, this is so crazy. I feel so sorry for all of you ladies being involved with him. And I'm so sorry for your daughter. I actually confronted him when I saw a picture of you three together, but he said it was his sister's child and that they just looked alike. Later, he said he had a child with you, but he only came by the hospital and saw that it wasn't his child. So that was the last time he saw her. Therefore, he claims it's not his child. And then he also said that the two of you were married for only one month. He flew into LA to meet me I flew in from Norway. He booked this place for one week, but after three days, he disappeared after we were supposed to leave to go to Hawaii. A few days later, his mom supposedly texted me from his phone and said that he was in a coma. He got hit by a car. He had already mindfucked me so bad, and then this? That's why I was looking for some answers. Um, Their pages were Norwegian, like, speaking, like... I'd press the translate button a handful of times to be like, what are they saying? Like, okay, obviously this? This yeah. somebody trying to hack me, okay. probably hacked Ben's Facebook, God knows Facebook friends sent out a mass message. Then at that moment, as Sydney came forward with all this information, all of a sudden, for whatever reason, when I went to sleep that night, I remember waking up with an epiphany. I'm not friends with Ben on Facebook. So even if somebody hacked his account, they couldn't have sent me this message. Like, it's worth me getting hacked at this point. Fuck it. <laughs> so I clicked on both and yeah. read the messages. And oh my gosh. Head spinning again. You saw, or when you read Coma, were you like, when was that? Did you think that was? It was like what you say, come again? Huh? I mean, say what? Did you immediately say, oh no, when was that? Or were you like, no. 
<laughs> I think oh, I would have known well, if he was in a coma. This, it was shocking to hear that. <laughs> and I confirmed that definitely we had a child and that we were divorced. Yeah. And then, you oh, by I the you way, yeah. By the way, by the way, he's actually married. Long story short, on Tinder, um, you can set your parameters wherever you want in the world. That's what Ben did. He found her in Norway. He wooed her, and they he flew her to Los Angeles. So while um, he was on a work trip on the Nike jet, (laughs) he was actually with her. They were supposed to be fly. They were to Hawaii, to be in California for four days, flying out to um, Hawaii for the week. And so she had packed for the entire trip. I'm sure, 100, that he never had any intentions of following no. through. No, he probably no, no. pretended to purchase the tickets, and she probably had none of them. No, nope. and so then he left her, a woman in another country. So I immediately began to screenshot my and Anne's messages and I text them off to Amber immediately. I couldn't even wrap my brain around everything this woman was telling me. Amber called me immediately and we both sat in shock and awe as we continued to hear everything Ms. Norway told us. She then followed up by sending us screenshots of their text conversations and pictures that Ben had sent her of him supposedly in the hospital. This mofo seriously had the nerve to go into his mother's workplace at a hospice care center and FaceTime Ms. Norway to come across more believable. Ben was wearing a Winnie the Pooh kid-sized hospital gown and applied two to three large band-aids across his forehead. This was Ben's attempt at convincing Ms. Norway that he really had been hit by a car and had just recently woken up from being in a coma. Previously, Ben had sent her an image of an IV in his arm at the hospital. Knowing that something felt off, Anne and her friend Google searched the image and voila, there was the exact photo online that Ben had sent her. Knowing he had lied, Ms. Norway made sure to take a photo during their video chat. And luckily, Amber and I now have a copy of these disturbing and false images, as well as the screenshots of their messages. Next up, I connected Ms. Norway and Amber so that they could hash out any other details and exchange additional information if needed. Last thing on my and Amber's to-do list was to forward all of this new information to Avery. It was time for her to see exactly who the man she had given a second chance to really was. Ben was going down. Bye, Ben. Screenshotting, sending. (laughs) Screenshotting, sending. I just can't even. Can't. I'm like, everything I'm hearing, you need to know right now because we are one at this point and I can't absorb this by myself. Do you know that feeling when you're like waiting and you can see the dot, dot, dots? I'm like, she's typing more. Oh my God. And I'm like, what were you thinking when you were getting it? I realized I like, now that maybe I shouldn't myself. have. I, I was in a stupor. So also, so our listeners know, um, Ben has an app and maybe we've mentioned it before, but you can create multiple amounts of phone numbers on it. It's called yes. line two. Yes. And so he can create phone numbers from this app and he can text whoever he wants and pretends to be whoever he wants. And that's how he in court, he'll submit fake text messages and shit because he creates yeah. them himself. So yep. he was probably texting from that app, pretending to be his mom to Anne. Um, and then she probably was like, I want to see you. You're awake now. Can I he talk to you? He actually texted her from, he actually pretended to be his mom texting from his actual phone. Oh, 
even better. <laughs> so, so that's was, why she was suspicious. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Because she was like, really? But she got the code to get in your phone. Yeah. She oh. was taking screenshots as they were so talking on FaceTime. So we have the proof and we will post yes. it. Yes. We will um, post it. I can't wait. Oh, man. Oh, that so is embarrassing good. shit. So, Huge yeah. band-aids on his head. And he's like. Oh, my God. It is so ridiculous. And, and like nice and both of us. I mean, me and you are on the phone going, holy shit. So at this point, we knew that he and Avery were speaking again because of last episode. Remember how he was supposedly at the chiropractor's appointment, but he really went down yes. to lure back. So we knew that he was still doing everything he could to get her back. And she was starting to break a little. Um, and so we didn't know how far they'd gotten into repairing the relationship or how far they were. But we definitely knew that there was something going on. And so we... We knew that we were going to send her everything. She needed to know who Ben really was. And that, holy shit, here is this other person from another country. And and I liked her. So to be completely yeah. honest, this wasn't a, ha-ha, fuck you. No. I no, no, wanted no. you. Now look at this. It was a... You need to know. You need to know. And now you're one of us. And he is good. By Wednesday, Athena gave me the shocking news that there was yet another woman that came out of the woodwork that Ben had been having an affair with. This time it was a pretty brunette from Norway. Yep, that's correct. Ben had extended his reign of terror abroad. Anne had been speaking to Athena via Facebook Messenger before they looped me into the conversation. The things I was hearing completely blew my mind. From him lying about his occupation to his financial and marital status. Turns out, a few months back, while Ben was allegedly flying to L.A. for his job at Nike, he was actually rendezvousing with Ms. Norway and whining and dining his quote-unquote future wife as he lovingly addressed her in handwritten letters that she showed me. One email Anne sent me said, He told me he was a psychiatrist, never married, no kids, and created this app that made him a millionaire. He told me he loved me and he was going to marry me. And he said he was looking at homes to buy in Norway because he was an exchange student here once. And also, he was buying a house in New York, Miami, and already had a home in Mexico. When she showed me a photo he had sent her of himself holding a bouquet of flowers with a message professing his love, I about lost my shit. Upon closer look, the photo was taken from my bedroom, and those flowers were given to me. That bastard. I felt like everything around me went black and all I could think of was what was transpiring during those months he was with her. We were putting money on an egg donor and starting the IVF process again. We were hosting Thanksgiving dinner at our house and planning our future together. The knife just kept getting pushed farther into my heart. It was bad enough that he had carried on an affair with Avery for the last year, but now this. You must have felt so many emotions too. Like, am I stupid? How did I not see this? Or yeah. I trusted him. Or, ouch, why am I not? Why wasn't I enough? Or what the? F how did I marry all, this all piece of, of shit, man? All of the above. I was it's, trying to have a baby that would have linked us forever. Like, I know. It must have been so, so much for you, and it really was. It was. It was so hurtful, and um. And to see him call it, seeing it and writing, like, yes, I knew he cheated on me with Avery. And I had to sit there and watch all of her posts for a year 
of how much in love she was with my husband out there. And I was like, that's gut-wrenching. That's awful. And no one should have to watch that. I wanted to know and I needed to know and I appreciated to know. But um, I think when the floodgates get open, it comes so fast and so rapid that I think sometimes the women don't realize that maybe you should feed it to me slowly back on the details <laughs> maybe just kind of give you me don't a need little to bit know how time. he fucked you right what position, what position you or locations anything. yeah um, that's the stuff it's like okay hold off there he told her he was a psychiatrist so that's a new one I was like he's a what oh uh yeah, yeah. and I go she goes yeah he sh-, like he said he was a psychiatrist I'm like no he's not he's not at all um, this is when it came out between you and I, when you kept saying, I don't know if we've really, really discussed this part, where I know we touched on it before, but have we really discussed the fact that he, you still at this point, still weren't quite sure if he really had graduated from the UW? Yeah. Because he had that yeah, no, I still degree. Thought he, yes, he had a PhD in computer science from UW. And I was saying, no, no, no. And I wasn't going to hammer yeah. it. And so I still just touched on it. So you yeah. were so it's, it's not going to force you to believe me, but then when you heard her say that he yeah. had this whole, uh, this other degree, this job, this yep. like, did that help you realize that, oh shit, I need to question if this is. Oh, for sure. One of the hardest things I've learned after going through an ordeal like this is forgiving myself and not placing blame on myself for all the things I should have done. Yes, I made an incredible amount of mistakes. But this was also an inherently sick man, and the choices he made were his alone. Ben made it even harder to stay strong, though, and after learning about Anne, he sent me a typical poor me text that made me feel like a bad person for not supporting him. I was sick and in a terrible place, obviously. I did a lot of things that aren't me. Being on the meds now, hindsight is twenty twenty. All of the out-of-character things I did when I was unwell are coming back to haunt me. Unfortunately, I have no support system and I know I can't do this alone. It took everything I could to choose me this time. Ben was not my problem anymore, and I had to get that through my head. The suicide threats weren't going to work on me this time, and he explained that he had already signed up for a treatment facility in Portland, but it was too late. I firmly held my ground, and I told Ben that he'd have to rely on his family for the support he needs moving forward and that he was not allowed to move back with me. It's really hard to just put yourself first and say, I choose me this time because I have fallen for your woe is me. Honestly, it's all crap. And he says, these are out of character things for me. And I, you know, all these out of character. I'm sorry. That's beyond. Yeah. And he said, is your character because we just saw your police report. So we're doing this since 1997. The suicide uh, emails start happening. And, you know, it was really hard because, again, that's what it's part of domestic abuse. I had to make that judgment call of, you know what, I choose me. And if he does something, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not my fault, but it's hard. It takes a long time to get there. And I'm proud of you for doing that because I had to do it too. Yep. And so what I learned. He tries to do it to me. He still does it to me. Oh, yeah. And I said, the conversation kind of ended like, I'm done. I filed for divorce today. And you're going to have to seek your family out for support. I, it's not going to be me anymore. And you can send all you want these suicide messages, but I can't do it. Sydney was having a hard time with everything. And to take her mind off of the situation, I asked Athena and Chris if I could take her to Disneyland with my friend Michelle and her daughter Amy. 
On Thursday, February 7th, I picked up Sydney and tried my very best to act cordial with Ben while she was packing her belongings. It was the first time we had seen each other since the end of January and our big fight. He offered for me to spend the night at his place when we got back, but there was no way in hell I was going to do that. I knew what his ulterior motive was. The trip to Disneyland was a blast, but unfortunately, when we got home, there was a massive snowstorm and Sydney was stuck in Portland with me until it was safe to drive to Seattle. Sydney was happy she got to stay, but I could tell she was anxious. She was too young to remember her mother and father's divorce, so this time around, she could understand it a little bit more. Would she ever see me and our dog Boogie again? And during the week, she would call Athena and beg for her to let me come in and move with them. She would even draw these elaborate drawings of house designs of the expansion she wanted Athena's husband to build for me. It was really sweet and heartbreaking at the same time. But no sooner did we get to Portland when I received a text from Athena letting me know of yet another woman she discovered. This time the woman's name was Deanna and she had a restraining order against Ben from just a couple of months back. During the same time he was married to me having an affair with Avery and the woman from Norway and and Deanna, apparently. Who knew? I vividly remember driving in my car and looking down at the text and reading it in complete disbelief. The message thread was never-ending about their affair. I learned he had taken Deanna to Hawaii just months before our wedding anniversary. He had proposed to her with my ring And he even sent her photos of our house and told her it was something he bought for her and had custom made. The stories after stories she shared broke my heart even more than it already was. What did I do to this man to hate me so much that he would torture me in this way? He had to be the fucking devil. Lucifer himself. Not once had I cried since everything unraveled, but this time I wasn't strong. I couldn't even hold myself together for Sydney. When we got home from the store, I literally took a few steps towards the couch and collapsed and uncontrollably bawled my eyes out. I couldn't breathe and my eyes stung with a flood of salty tears streaming down my face. And Sydney just kneeled next to me and rubbed my back. In that moment, the roles were reversed and it felt like I was the helpless child while she was the adult consoling me. She went upstairs and ran me a bubble bath. She lit candles to relax me and played my favorite song at the moment. That child was my saving grace that night. She was my angel. She couldn't possibly know how much I needed her and to tell me it was going to be okay. I still remember um, being in my car And it was close to Valentine's Day, and I had taken Sydney to the store to buy her a Valentine's gift. And I'm checking my phone, and it was so hard to be in the moment with her because she was like, What what do I get? What do I get? What can I get? You know, heart candies? Can I get these? Can I get that? And I'm like, Uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. And I'm reading it going, Like, whatever you want. Just whatever you want. I just, it's all like, I'm dying. I'm just dying. Like, Two and a half years? I'm just thinking she started her relationship with him a month after we had done IVF in 2016. Just disgusted like, on the most, like, I don't even know. I, I I just remember I had not cried. 
up until this point, I was just, I guess, just on adrenaline and I don't know. Adrenaline. Just, I hadn't really had a good cry. I just remember getting home and walking to the couch and then just nose planting and bawling like the hysterical, like, <laughs> like can't breathe, can't breathe. And like, poor Sydney, I, she had never seen me like that. Like I had cried when, um, when we were upstairs and, and he was trying to manipulate her that I was crying, but this was like a whole new level of hyperventilating, crying, oh. devastation, like from your core, like mm -hmm. from the depths of your being, of just you know, crying. When I, when I read that, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when you talk about trying to keep it together because that's the right thing to do as an adult and the parent. You're not supposed to act like that in front of your child, but when, Ben left me that one time and mm -hmm. and it was just in that letter I never loved you right I sobbed I cried and and I well, couldn't Lexi. hide it and Lexi sat next to me and rubbed my back and tried to take care of me and it was sometimes you just you try so hard but oh man I I just couldn't I couldn't keep myself together I was and you had been this whole time but you're yeah. right I think it was the adrenaline rush yeah. Cause it was like one thing after another, after another. And you're just, it was within days, days of yeah. finding out. I it's mean, only so much a human body can take. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Between Miss Norway and Deanna, it was days. And little Sydney, she went upstairs and it was just sweet. She, we had this huge, like hot tub type bathtub and she filled it up and made me a bubble bath. And she played my favorite song at that moment. And she lit candles and Oh, she was just best. trying to make me, and she just sat there, and then she cuddled with me in bed. That, that night. kid might miss a lot she's of social the, cues. She but, knows, yeah. But when it's her people that she loves, and she sees yeah. you really heartbroken and sad, she knows. Oh my she gosh, knows, and she steps in. She will do anything in her power to care for you and love you. She'll do anything. Yeah, it's, she was that's what makes grace. the hard. That's what makes the hard parts easier when she's a little shithead and so tough. And then when she does that yeah. stuff, I know it's so sweet. And I needed that. Honestly, I don't know what I would have done if I was by myself. It's complete devastation, really. Yeah. Like I, he broke me in every possible way for five years yeah. and he knew he broke me, but I think it really sunk into his head at that moment. But it's kind of crazy because even though he knows what he did was so awful. He All at the same time me. while he was talking shit about you. Yes. Like to me. Yes. That, and he continued to do part. hurtful things, trying to get yeah. restraining orders on me, taking me to court. Yep. You know, turning off my utilities. The list goes on and on and on. Like, I know. I, Richard, your power like off he, and all that. He can be in the moment with you and act like he's genuinely yeah. sorry, but he's not because he continues to devastate you. Um, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. He punishes us. Now, at this point in the story, we're right back to where we started. Season one, episode one, Not Your Average Valentine's Day. So I encourage you, before you start season two, go back and listen to the events that transpired on Valentine's Day. 
And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review and make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com.